Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome to season six of the podcast. I'm so excited to have you join me on this journey. This season, we're doing something a bit different. We're going to be chatting with several mompreneurs who are solving for the issues around feeding kids and exploring how their contributions are setting the stage for a healthier future. Some of these women have been around for quite a while, while others are relatively new to the scene. But in every interview, we're going to talk about how they came up with their business ideas, and why they knew without a doubt they had to bring it to market. We'll talk about how they got the business off the ground, challenges they encountered, and the lessons they learned, and what the future holds. What I love most about this season is that all of these women are just like you and me. They're doing the best they can to feed their kids, but they found out it wasn't always easy. They identified a problem and knew there had to be a better way, so they developed a new solution. Lauren Rock Teacher is one of those moms. When her son was about to turn one, she wanted to have a smash cake for his birthday. But when she looked for some healthy options, there weren't any. All of the cake mixes she found were filled with added sugars, and she just didn't have the time to make it from scratch. So she developed smash cake. This light bulb (laughs) just went off. I'm a food scientist. I can do this. Lauren and I talk about why she knew she needed to bring Smash Cake to market and her journey to launch and grow the company with no business background to speak of. She talks about the challenges she encountered and the lessons she learned and what the future holds for Smash Cake and the new product she plans to develop, including healthy gummy bears. We also talk about how you can limit added sugars in your kid's diet and why no added sugar is actually a misnomer. There's a ton of information in this episode, and I know you're going to love this interview with Lauren Rock Teacher. Well, Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about your story. I had read that you wanted to become a registered dietitian, but that didn't really pan out. So I'd love to hear kind of how you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, So... I have actually always loved food. I mean, I was a picky eater, but once I got to about middle school, I was obsessed. I took a home ec class and we learned how to cook and I would go home and then recreate and get um, as creative as I could, just making my own snacks. Um, And then I was super into dancing as well. And thought I was going to be the prima ballerina in New York City. Um, my, my parents let me down very gently uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, told me, Let, let's think about college before going to New York City to pursue that dream. And so, you know, on a, on a road trip with my parents when I was in high school, we discussed, you know, what else I was passionate about. And it came up that I, I've honestly loved food since I can remember. So um, pairing those two, I decided... I would love to become a registered dietitian for, um, you know, ballerinas or some, someone in the dance world um, because nutrition is so important to them. And so that's how I kind of decided to go to school for dietetics. Um, and I went around and I researched so many different schools and I 
interviewed the directors of the dietetics programs and um, fell in love with the University of Maryland and College Park. Um, but as I got there and started taking nutrition classes, I, I just didn't feel like dietetics was a great fit. Although I loved learning the nutrition side of things, there was this other side where um, I knew that I was probably going to end up working in a hospital. Um, I, I learned about disease. And although I think that knowledge is so important, it's not what I was passionate about. I didn't, I didn't want to go in and help correct disease that's already happened. I wanted to kind of find the issue, solve it before it even happened. Um, and so in my course curriculum for dietetics, we had to take a food science class. And my first, very first day in a food science class, I walked in and I walked out knowing that I was going to change my major that same day. So I walked out, I walked to my advisor's office and I changed my major to food science and never looked back. Um, and, and I just, I felt such a draw to it because um, it, it asked so many more questions about the food itself. And I felt like I could get ahead of the curve and, and maybe find my nutrition passion and in developing food instead of helping people, um, you know, after they've already been introduced to the food industry. I love how you said that you had a conversation with your parents about what your passion was. I feel like our generation, right? We, no one talked about passion. You just were told you're going to go to school and you're going to get a job. (laughs) So I absolutely love that. And so you know, what does a food scientist actually do and, and what kind of projects have you worked on? Oh, man. So a, uh, a food scientist, what I like to tell people is that a food scientist is the one that creates the recipes that you see in grocery stores. So all the food that's on the shelves, food scientist has touched. They created that recipe. That doesn't just show up there. Uh, it takes a lot of work to get there. So, and, and to keep it consistent and to scale up, a food scientist has to create uh, that recipe, that formula. Um, and so what I, what I do, I guess, um, what I have done, I guess, and this is not anything to do with Smash Cake or my company, Bear Belly, but in the past, I've formulated everything from cookie dough, coffee syrup, uh, Blended powders, supplements, nutritional endurance gels, uh, puffs, baby puffs, which is a whole story. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, salad dressings, uh, marinara sauces, barbecue sauces, uh, ice packs, ice or ice pops, um, ice cream, yogurt. I I could go on for days. What I have actually developed, and that's probably still out there. I've even done work on vegan chicken nuggets. <laughs> Um, which actually tasted really good, but um, I prefer real chicken. <laughs> um, yeah, so a food scientist uh, can develop a formula from scratch, or they can um, match a product, which is really common nowadays. There's so much development happening in the food industry. A lot of the stores and the store brands are asking to match these branded products. So you, you can reverse engineer and match a product as well. Um, so there's a lot you can do as a food scientist. It's, it's really fun. It's really creative. And it's, 
pretty technical. <laughs> That's cool. And so what's something that maybe we don't realize as consumers that that happens on the back end? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of times, um, and I've heard this a couple of times in some podcasts, like blaming the food scientists who created it, that all these food scientists are out to get us. They're, you know, mad scientists. Um, but a lot of what I do isn't even my choice. Um, so companies will come in with this idea um, and and they'll tell you exactly what they want. They want this organic product. So all of your formulas or all of your ingredients need to be organic. And, you know, that's not my choice to make them organic. They just want it to be organic. And then they have a certain price point. So you can't go over this certain price so that they can actually manufacture it. So all your raw materials, all your ingredients need to be within a certain price range. Uh, and sometimes that that limits you to what you can do. And I think that actually ties in greatly with what we're discussing uh, with added sugar, because sugar is a great filler and it is cheap, uh, easy to use, and you can get it organic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the most recent U.S. dietary guidelines for Americans recommend that babies under two not have any added sugars. But we all I think we all know that studies show that our kids are getting those sugars. So nearly 85% are eating foods that have added sugars and artificial sweeteners on any given day. And so why is this a problem? Ooh, loaded question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, you know, early introduction to sugar creates this preference for sweet for our kids. So the sooner we give them sugar and added sugar and sweet foods, the more they're going to develop this preference for that taste. Um, and, and so if we continue to give them sweets, it, it contains sugar. It throws off the balance of your good gut bacteria. And, and throwing off that good gut bacteria then, you know, throws off this healthy microbiome that you've been working so hard on. You, you watched what you ate during pregnancy uh, you breastfed or gave your kid the best you could. Uh, you started with these whole foods, um, and then all of a sudden you throw sugar at them, and their their gut is thrown off. Um, it processes sugar differently, and the micro microbiome in your stomach actually completely changes when you introduce sugar. Um, so you can't process food properly after eating consuming sugar, and then and then this leads to a bunch of different issues. Um, there's a huge increase in diabetes and heart disease and leaky gut. I mean, there's a lot of different issues happening and I can't blame it all on sugar, but I can tell you that if it was limited, these issues wouldn't be so prevalent. And then not only are these issues happening because I added sugar, when you add it into the diet, there's, there's just less room for the good, nutritious, wholesome foods that could actually reverse the damage. Yeah. And where do you think that the sugar is coming from? Do you think parents even realize it? Or do you think it's really the sneaky sugars that are showing up in, like you mentioned, things like puffs and cookies and crackers and teething biscuits and things like that? Oh my gosh. I, I think it's a little of both. I honestly, I, if you walk down that one food aisle that we dedicate to, to babies and toddlers, and the introduction of food, it is hard to find something without added sugar. Um, and, 
And so I just don't think um, there's enough out there to help parents. And to be honest, we don't have any place to teach parents about this. The USDA comes out with their dietary guidelines every five years, but that's looking at research from five years before. And when it comes out, it's not really distributed well, and it's not talked about well. And after high school, you aren't required to take a nutrition class. Um, And so I think parents do the best that they can with what they know. Um, Even going back to thinking about the food pyramid, I had someone bring that up the other day. Um, and just try to get in those food groups. But, you know, purees, if your baby starts to prefer a sweet puree, you're going to give your baby that puree. Um, And so all of a sudden that preference starts creeping up and then they're going to want those baby puffs, which are acceptable on the go, but not as an every single day snack. Uh, They do contain sugar. And I think it's like the fourth ingredient on the Gerber puff label. It's kind of, it's up there. I, I just can't even believe we're adding sugar to, to toddler foods and pretty much the first ones that we introduce to kids. Um, and then I think, I think it also comes down to um, parents because they don't have this background in nutrition or how to feed their kids or how, you know, what to do when it comes time, they rely heavily on their doctors and their doctors don't have a nutrition background. Um, Doctors are there for um, health issues and disease. They have, gosh, I don't know what the most recent number is for hours of nutrition, but it's not high. I think I have more in my food science background than they do. And so I'm not a dietitian and I'm not a nutritionist. Um, I, I don't know how parents do it without going to see toddler dietitian just to start learning somewhere. So let's talk about Smash Cake Mix. Why did you start this company? And, you know, where did you see a need in the marketplace? Well, it started with looking for a cake mix for my son's first birthday. I am very busy. And I I can't even believe I started Smash Cake Mix because I'm, I'm pretty busy. But Um, I was looking for just like a simple, easy cake mix for his birthday party um, and for his photo shoot that was healthy, that didn't contain added sugar, that didn't contain sugar alcohols, non-nutritive sweeteners, um, that just didn't have the replacements. I wanted something whole. And there was nothing out there. I looked at, you know, at all of the, the grocery stores, natural food stores. I turned to Walmart. I turned to Amazon. I turned to Target. I couldn't find a cake mix that was healthy. Um, I found, you know, the organic cake mixes and the the cake mixes that I thought might be healthier. Um, You know, I I looked into like Annie's organic has 48% sugar, added sugar in that mix. Um, It's, I, I could not find it anywhere. And so I went online and I Google searched just, healthy smash cake recipe. You know, if I'm going to give my, my son an entire cake just for these cute pictures, I just don't want to hurt his stomach. I don't want to have to deal with this like cranky, irritable baby, um, and then issues to follow. So I found a ton of recipes online and so many reviews on them. So I knew people were looking 
parents are looking for these healthy options out there. And so in my head, just this light bulb (laughs) just went off. I'm a food scientist. I can do this. Like, why haven't I thought of this? I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, my, a couple of my friends are really struggling finding something to do for their, their little one's birthday parties too. They, um, one of my best friends, little girl has an egg allergen and she couldn't find even a recipe online without eggs. And, um, so she ended up buying a cake mix that was full of sugar and making it, it was like a gluten-free, supposedly healthier mix. And her daughter threw up that night so much and just had an awful time. And it broke my heart. I was just like, no, no, it shouldn't be that way. And you know what? Our kids are just learning how to eat. Why are we introducing this sugar? So I took it and I ran. I think it took me maybe two weeks to come up with this formula. And I I think I formulated it. I made a couple revisions. I basically pitched it to my husband. And he was like, yeah, you've been waiting for an idea like this. Why are we not already running with this? Let's do it. Um, and so that that is how Smash Cake started. It was just because my son's birthday. I was looking for something that I could not find and other people needed. And, um, and so what makes it different from the other cake mixes on the market? Sure. So if so all of the other cake mixes on the market contain sugar, contain erythritol or some sort of sugar alcohol, anything that ends in the like OL, erythritol, um, maltitol, anything like that. Uh, and then the non-nutritive sweeteners. So those monk fruit and stevia, the, the sweeteners that are used at such a low level. Um, and so they all contain all of those added sugars or what are considered added sugars. And um, what's different about my mix is that I only use fruit. I only use fruit, dried fruit powder in my mix. Um, and the fruit powder is really just that. It is just that fruit. So in my cake mixes, I use mostly dried ground apples. Um, I think in the, the cocoa mix, we use some dried pears to round out the flavor. And in the frostings, we use pears. So we have zero grams added sugar. And we are the only cake mix out there that can say that every, every other one, you know, that I'm looking at or that I opened on my browser that day while I was like really digging for some sort of mix has over 30% sugar added sugar. And so it's not just for, for the, for the smash cake, right? It can, it can be for any occasion really at throughout a child's life, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what's really exciting is that because this cake mix has this healthy halo, there's no added sugar. You really can make it your own. I've made it into mini muffins. I've added blueberries. I've added raspberries. I've topped with different nuts that my son will eat. And um, I've, you know, I've added a couple more bananas and made a banana bread. I used pumpkin instead of bananas to make up some pumpkin muffins one time. Um, you can use it as a pancake mix and, and it converts to all of these really well. And there's zero added sugar. Awesome. So let's talk about your journey to launch this company. What were the steps to getting it off the ground? Because I assume that you didn't have a business background. No, not at all. And that's, <laughs> uh, uh, 
You know, I know the front end of making things. I know that formulation side. I have pretty good relationships with some manufacturers and I did a quick Google search to find some packaging and design people to help me out. But um, really starting from the beginning, I had to formulate it and I had to, uh, which like I said, that was the easy part for me. That was, that's my background and I loved doing it. But then I was like, oh no, this is a business. I have to learn how to do everything else. So I set out to find a co-packer, which was, um, you know, a struggle in itself right now. I think a lot of people are trying to start their own thing and co-packers. So these manufacturers that blend or create these foods for small companies and small businesses are packed and at their maximum capacity. So they're only taking in these like large customers because they can. Um, so finding a co-packer was really difficult. I had kind of a list of things that I needed from them. I wanted them to be within driving distance, um, probably within my state. I wanted them to be in Wisconsin. Uh, I think doing something locally is really important. And so that was one of my requirements. Um, They needed to be able to scale with me. So can they do a hundred pounds? And then, you know, I was thinking very positively in a year, can we then scale up to 20,000 pounds together? Uh (laughs) Uh, You know, is do you have the capacity to help me out here? Um, Because I need this guidance. And then, um, and so, you know, narrowing it down, I did find a great co-packer and they're only about 30 minutes from my house, which is wonderful. Uh, And then with with finding my co-packer and having my formula, I then needed to figure out packaging. Different co-packers may be able to handle different types of packaging. Um, It depends on what type of line they run and their packaging equipment. And so I knew after finding my co-packer that I could do these really neat pouches, which is what I wanted to do. And so I found a graphic design artist because I am not a graphic design artist. Uh, And I found a packaging company that'll work together. So got dye lines, had the graphic design artist kind of pick at my brain and figure out what I wanted and, uh, and ended up, you know, collaborating with them, getting my packaging and then getting my e-commerce site up and running, getting the pictures of all of my products up there. Um, and then, you know, submitting my first PO sourcing, actually, you know what, skipped sourcing, sourcing raw materials, sourcing ingredients. That's also tricky, but in my wheelhouse, I think the biggest issue I found there was that um, my small minimum, the minimum order quantities are generally like a 2000 pound, 2000 pound pallet of your ingredient. And if you're only running hundred pound runs, that's, that's a lot to just hang on to. And so finding distributors that have the correct ingredients, because I'm very picky about my ingredients um, and the quality of the product. So I, finding those people was also kind of difficult. There are the flowers that I use. I ended up buying pallets of because I, I was so set on getting heat treated flour, which, um, most companies that do mixes and cake mixes are for, um, baking and generally bake before you eat it. And so they aren't heat treated. Well, I wanted this to be a really friendly mix for mamas and kids to do together. And so heat treated flour was a must for me because that decreases the risk of salmonella, listeria, E. coli contamination. 
Um, and so, you know, that, that was like, I, I, I couldn't find a distributor that would sell me, you know, 300 pounds of this one oat flour that was very specific. Uh, so I ended up buying a pallet. Uh, and then I'm trying to think my, my, uh, fruit powders were also very specific. Um, those I, I talk about in one of my most recent Instagram posts of, um, they're not organic. My, uh, brown rice flour is organic. Um, and I, I would love to think that I could make an organic product, but at this point, my fruit powder is not organic because to be organic, the flow agent that they'd have to use is not from that same fruit. And I did not like that. They would be adding something so unnatural, not found in that fruit, just so that I could make my product organic. So I was very picky on that as well. Um, there was a lot of intention be- behind each ingredient and the source of each ingredient. So after I sourced everything, uh, got my e-commerce site kind of up and moving, I had to then start, open my doors um, and, and tell everyone like, hey, look at this mix and start marketing myself, which is also not my background. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um, now I'm actually working on um, learning about grocery and, and trying to get in grocery. And that has a lot to do with business and margin and profit and all of these words that are so foreign to me. Um, so it's, that is where I am getting to. I have a great e-commerce site and, and I'm up and running on Amazon and my product is out there. Um, but now I'm, I'm working on grocery. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some lessons that you learned along the way and also where you hope the future is for products like these. If mealtimes are stressful and you just can't get your kids to eat what you make, then you've got to get them in the kitchen. Cooking with my kids has really gone a long way in encouraging them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse. This course was created by a mom of four and a former elementary school teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, they've got you covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. Most of the time, I don't even know why I cook meals because all my kids want are snacks. But finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. And that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. 
Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, which is one of my favorite cleaners. And they also have clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. So Lauren, let's talk about some of the lessons that you've learned along this journey of growing this company. Right. So I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, one of which is to be open to change. Um, I've always had, uh, you know, the strong vision. Um, and it's, it's hard when you create something to hear negative feedback, but I think that it's so important to listen to the actual consumer and understand what their needs actually are. Um, you know, a lot of people are questioning why, um, why there are no allergens in the mix. Uh, and, and I think that's, that was a decision I made so that as many kids could enjoy this mix as possible, as many parents would feel comfortable giving it to their kids. Um, and so that was so important to me. Um, but I think it's also important to make such a good product and, and would adding something else in make a better product. And it's just something I have to be open to in the future. Um, and then listening, you know, another, another lesson I learned was, um, to invest in myself. I don't have a business background and I needed to learn. And it was so scary since, um, we're, we're bootstrapping this company. It was very scary to, um, put so much money towards learning the business end of this, uh, instead of putting it into my product, but really, um, without my understanding and full understanding of the business, the product isn't going to go anywhere. So I had to invest in myself. Important for all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and so what advice do you have for other parents who may want to start a, a food business? Um, I would say if you have an idea that's going to help our kids do it, we can't, I, I can't fight the fight alone. I know there's a lot of other companies working on this and, and trying to make some noise. And so you know, make it known, make it known that you want some change and, and be the change. So, it, it, you know, if, if you don't know what you're doing or where to start, I would absolutely be willing to help or talk you through the first steps. Um, so you can always reach out to me, um, but do it, <laughs> do it. We need more people like you. And so what's the future for Smash Cake Mix? Is, are there going to be other products? Kind of what, where do you see the company going? Yeah, I have big, big, big ideas and big plans. Uh, another thing I learned, though, is to slow down. <laughs> I think I would have already come out with um, a thousand new products to put on the shelves so far. But um, my business coach is telling me to slow down, focus on the cake mix, get the name out there. And then, you know, your consumers will be ready when you move on. But yes, I have... Um, have a bunch of things formulated actually. Um, one of which is oatmeals. I love oatmeal packs. I think they're easy, good for on the go. Um, and so, and it's one of the foods that my son really loved when 
he was little. It was so simple, just grabbing some oats and some sort of cinnamon or um, any type of you know mushed up berry I would add in or anything like that and some water or milk and making it. But I would love to do packets because they're, that's another one. I've looked on the shelves and they all contain sugar and I'm just shocked. Um, so that's in my future, hopefully. Um, I would love to do a dedicated line for muffins uh, and do some really interesting flavors there. I think um, I think the consumers would be really receptive to that. Um, and then, you know, so that's on the, the dry side. We could do a pudding mix. Uh, and then and then also, I think that there's room for improvement for gummies. Um, I cannot believe the amount of gummies some kids eat. <laughs> and it just it makes me it, it makes me sad because gummies could be something so good for your gut if you use the right ingredients. If you balance out that protein and carb and fiber using true fruit juice or fruit concentrate, you know, hydrating it back or using some uh, high quality grass fed beef gelatin instead of, um, you know, I don't know what what type of gum they're currently using in gummies or a combo of it, but, you know, beef gelatin is so good for the lining of your stomach. And, and so we could do something there. How do you think that maybe your company could change the conversation around added sugars with babies and toddlers? I think just being aware of added sugars, the fact that they're on the label now is wonderful. Uh, I think that getting smash cake mix out there, showing that you don't have to introduce sugars so early and showing that there are whole good foods out there to introduce before digging into digging into the like, cupcakes and ice cream. Um, it, it'll it'll only benefit your child in the long run. And what are your best tips for helping parents limit or avoid added sugars? Truly read the labels. Um, educate yourself on what is an added sugar. And I think what a lot of people don't know that I know as a food scientist is even if it says zero grams added sugar, there could be 0.5 grams added sugar or less on in that product. So if there's cane sugar brown rice syrup, uh, malt syrup, any combination of added sugar on the label, even if it's at the bottom, it still could have added sugars. I think the other thing is, you know, you can read no added sugar and then you flip it over and it's got an artificial sweetener. I've had this conversation with my 11-year-old so many times because she wants ketchup and she'll say, but this one doesn't have any added sugar. And I'll say, yeah, flip it over. And it has like, I don't know, whatever, stevia or xylitol or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're going to want to look for is just the, a very simple ingredient declaration with, I mean, I hate to say with words, you know, but honestly, we know what an apple is. Do you know what xylitol is? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And and I this is coming from a food scientist. I have formulated the xylitol. I use stevia and I, you know, like I I formulate with monk fruit and stevia daily, but I I don't want to feed that to my child because I know that there isn't enough science to back it, but I know there's enough science in mother nature to eat an apple. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. Where can listeners go to learn more about Smash Cake Mix and you? All right. Uh, I think you 
should first go to smashcakemix.com and check us out there. There's a lot of good information up there. Um, and if you have Instagram and Facebook, you can go find us at smashcakemix. Um, and then if you're actually a mama looking for a group of like-minded women, uh, I have a Smash Cake Mama group on Facebook that you can join. It is private. Um, we have lots of different conversations about everything, food to just being a mom, everyday life. Um, right now we're talking about podcasts, which is really fun. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, and then um, I would love to offer your listeners a coupon for anyone who listens to the show. So the coupon code is foodissues15, and you can get 15% off when you order on our website. Awesome. Well, I will link to the, that in the show notes. Thank you again, Lauren, for your time today. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Julie. One of the things that really stood out from that conversation is no matter how many new ingredients there are that seem better or healthy or new ways companies are marketing their products, what we know for sure is that real food is the way to go. As Lauren said, there's enough science in mother nature to eat an apple. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.